welcome back to the Keep It Quirky podcast. I'm your host, Katie Quinn, and this is the pod where I talk with fellow creatives and entrepreneurs about food, travel, and the discipline and drive to create. Passion begets passion. So come on with me and let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am so excited to have you here. You know, today, the day that I am publishing this podcast is a very, very special day for me because my book, Cheese, Wine, and Bread, Discovering the Magic of Fermentation in England, Italy, and France is out. Today is publication day. It really feels like I'm giving birth, but it's like to a baby that has been in me for three and a half, almost four years, because that's how long it's been. I'm so stinking proud of it. I can't wait for you all to have it in your hands. You know, I was a cheesemonger in England. I lived on a goat farm in rural Somerset making goat's cheese. I traveled all around Italy and worked in vineyards making wine and and traveled all around France, working in boulangeries, doing trainings with barefoot bakers in the countryside. I mean, this was such an adventure from start to finish. And it's gorgeous, if I do say so myself, beautiful photographs and illustrations. And today on this episode of the podcast, we are going to dive into those illustrations. They really, oh man, they just make the book. They're fun. They're whimsical. They're colorful. They're also informative, right? They they are able to illustrate. That's what illustrations tend to do. They're able to illustrate some concepts that would otherwise feel potentially a little dry, but just make it so, so fun. Like I bet you never thought the inside of a grain was as interesting as you will when you see the illustrations in my book by this incredible illustrator. Her name is Jessie Canellos Weiner, and she's incredible. I was a fan of her work before we started working together, and I'm still just pinching myself that her work is is on the inside of the book and the outside because she also did the cover for Cheese, Wine, and Bread. I really recommend you check her out on Instagram at Jessie Canellos Weiner. But once you see her work there, I bet it might look familiar from some of the work she's done in places like Vogue, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Afar Magazine, Vanity Fair, and many others. She's kind of a big deal. In this episode of the podcast, we talk about how she landed on illustration, like what her path was to take her there. I was actually surprised to know that she didn't like go to school for painting. <laughs> her path is, is really fascinating, but she has always been interested in food. That is really a through line, and that's probably why we connected and hit it off right away. Um, you know, she talks about her side hustles because she she is a full-time working artist, and a part of that is, is side hustle, certainly along the way. We also talk about her inspiration on kind of a, a deeper, more meaningful level, and a part of that is making her own personal journey into art, right? So she tells other people's stories, and she tells her own stories through her art. Without further delay, I am thrilled to introduce you to Miss Jessie Canales Weiner. Let's hop into the conversation. 
I'm so glad to see your face over Zoom. It's been a while since we've been able to meet up in Paris, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And we, we wrapped up the book about a year ago now, too. So you're talking to me from France. You live in Paris. Yes. yes. I'm in Italy, of course. So we're on the same time zone, which is a beautiful thing because only about half of my meetings these days are talking with someone on the same time zone. Yeah, and any time after 9 p.m. for me is is no way, so this worked out (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, So how did you find your way to Paris? You got there after living in New York and Chicago. What took you to Paris? Well, I grew up in Chicago, and I just graduated from university, as we say in these parts, yeah. from college. And uh, I went to Denison in Central Ohio. Shout out Ohio. Hey, hey. Oh, it connects us. Yeah. yeah it yes. And I had a year before I had to pay off my student loan. So I thought, you know, this is my time to travel. I had lots of friends who are getting, you know, jobs at Lehman Marcus. You're Lehman Marcus. <laughs> but that's a mashup between Lehman Brothers and Lehman Marcus. Anyway, you get the my draft. <laughs> but it was 2008. So we all know how this ended. So I don't know. I I tried to think about some jobs I wanted to do, but I had no idea really what I wanted to do. So I thought this is my time to travel. My dad had studied in Strasbourg as a student. And so I always heard his stories growing up and France was kind of alluring just because of its uh, culture and its history with fashion and design and all the things and food, of course. (laughs) So I found a really bad job online as a (laughs) au pair. And a couple of weeks later, I moved in with a family in Paris and that's kind of how it started. So it wasn't what I thought it would be. I was hoping I would have like a gastronomic revelation, but this family was a little nouveau riche and they didn't even buy baguette. They ate, you know, American style sliced bread. Whoa. And uh, yeah, every night the, the mother came home and she's like, Ooh, what do I want to have for dinner tonight? Do I want to have a uh, spaghetti with no sauce or do I want to have Nutella on white bread? And for me, it was just like, how in the world? I want to eat pig's feet and, you know, and snails and frog's yeah, legs. Give me all, the, all the body parts of animals, you know? I don't so want to eat were, American sandwich bread. <laughs> so you were a foodie, I guess. I kind of don't like using that word necessarily, but you were into food. You were passionate about oh, totally. it and you wanted to explore it before you even moved. Yes, of course. Abroad. Yeah. Even okay. um, I wanted to go to culinary school when I was in high school because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was into art and I was into food. So I looked at culinary schools. I'm kind of glad I didn't do it because I was quite green and I don't think it would have worked out in my favor. Yeah. But I ended up studying art and theater. Ah, so yeah, food has always okay. been a passion of mine. I, you know, I watched cooking shows on Saturday mornings and I've always been, you know, pretty ambitious and I've been collecting cooking utensils and things like that for many, many years. So, so that I, was always, you know, a major through line in my whole story, I would say. Yeah. Well, I, okay. So I love that there is the through line there and that there are all of these other elements kind of floating around this through line. Basically, when I think of you now at this stage in your career, I think of these gorgeous, colorful, whimsical illustrations. I think of your work as someone who surely must have been doing this art form for as long as like since you were a child. But what it sounds like is actually, no, you you studied like art in a general sense and like theater. How did you land on watercolor? 
You know, it's a good question. I need to write a book or <laughs> map that out. I'm giving another presentation tomorrow. So I've been thinking about this a lot the past couple of days, but my mom was an art teacher when I was a kid. So there was a little bit of something going on there. There was a little bit of self-expression and book writing and things like that, even as a kid. So I would say that, uh, I'm sorry, what was your question? You, you made a really good point. And so totally how did you, how did you get to illustration? Okay. So, okay. So I'd say there were a couple moments in my life where drawing was something that I could sit down and just completely lose myself in. So for example, I studied fashion illustration at the London College of Fashion when I was in school. And I really loved that. And I had a teacher who was like, wow, you're really good. You should really consider, you know, pursuing this. At the time I was like, no, I'm a, I'm a costume designer. I don't want to <laughs> pursue fashion illustration. For me, it was completely unknown as a job. So that's what you were doing with theater. You were designing costumes. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I forgot to to mention that whole thing. Yeah. And so, and then, um, I studied costume design in grad school. And at that point I started drawing a lot because I was taking uh, costume rendering courses and I could just lose myself until two in the morning. So there are a few moments where I thought like, wow, I really do love drawing. I didn't really know what to say. So I think that for me was always kind of, I felt like I had a little bit of technique, but I didn't really know what I was going to say. And, you know, if you're illustrating other people's stories and you need to already tell your own. So, um, I met my husband uh, during that first year when I was an au pair and kind of were back and forth. I was moving back and forth between Paris and the States because of visa issues. Uh, yes. And and then finally, when I moved back indefinitely, I wasn't able to do costume design here because I didn't have a network, even if I had New York experience. And so at that point, I felt like I've committed to this person and I'm going to do everything I can to make this country my own because mm-hmm. I'd already lived in Paris. I was a student. I was an au pair, but I didn't really have anything of my own. And so I felt like there are also a few moments where I had to kind of manifest destiny in my life too. So I said like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know I like drawing. I'm just going to commit to this and I'm going to become an illustrator. So, uh, yeah, it kind of merged lots of different things, kind of personal storytelling. I started a blog, a little bit of drawing, experience. I mean, yeah. drawing with my mom, studying art in school. And, uh, that's really where things started to happen. It took a couple of years to get everything in place, but it was really a moment where I said like, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. And oh, wow. I'm just going to give it my all. So I love that you had to take a leap <laughs> to get to this point. I I'm, I love that. I'm fascinated by anyone who chooses something and then has to leap for it to find out. Yes. You- Cause yeah. Did you give yourself any kind of like a, a six months? If this doesn't lead to anything, I'll I'll try something else. Well, at the time, uh, I started interning at a food photography studio. I worked as a food stylist for a couple of years too, so I was doing two different things at once. So I had some income from food styling, and that's when I really started to work my portfolio. So that's another you know food uh, element too that plays into my work as well. Cause I know food pretty well. Yeah. And so, uh, that's the way I was kind of able to finance the illustration work. And then I was able to develop my work that way too. So that's kind of how it happened. And then eventually food styling kind of phased out a little bit because I wanted to concentrate on illustration full time because I was able to just sit down and focus on my work and I wasn't hauling, you know, <laughs> U-Haul trucks of, yeah of plates all over Paris and and whatnot. So I mean, that's, thank you for sharing that. I talk with a lot of entrepreneurs and the thing that I always 
try to get to, to, to have them share with everyone is that it often there's like so many side hustles happening and yes. side hustles that are often not really talked about later or side hustles that um, just kind of get brushed under the rug once a person hits some level of success in the thing that did end up panning out. Um, so mm-hmm. I love that. I mm-hmm. love knowing that path of getting to where you are now. And so for anyone who uh, doesn't know already, you illustrated my book, Cheese, Wine, and Bread, um, and hence why I think of you as an illustrator and like the most incredible, fantastic illustrator. Your work in my book makes my heart so, 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 so happy. And um, thank you. <laughs> how so? You have you have been good enough to make some of the illustrations that you've done for my book to kind of make them moving animations you've made gifts um that you've been kind enough to share with me for for the book launch when did you start to like incorporate movement into your illustrations and the gifts you do are so great oh thank you uh a couple years ago it was probably five or six years ago i started noticing moving images you know at the time i don't know if we call them gifs yet but on you know sites like the new york times and i thought oh maybe i should try to animate my work because a lot of the work i was seeing was uh kind of computer illustration so i thought it would be quite nice to do something with watercolor yes it'll take a lot more time because each frame is a whole other illustration. So I started learning. I just taught myself how to do it. And it was very laborious at the beginning, but now I can just bang something out really quickly. So that's another thing. I mean, I think if you are a creative person and you want to make a career, you always have to be up to date on what's going on and other ways to generate income. So uh, I was able to sell GIFs too to sites like, you know, Wall Street Journal. I've done stuff for Chevrolet. So that was just a great way to add another thing to my portfolio as well. Dude, I'm so impressed with like your business savvy, right? And I feel like this might be an unfair stereotype, but I, I don't necessarily think it is that like a lot of artists have, they struggle with the business side of, of their art. And it seems like you are just so you're so like on top of it and you're super innovative. And I see the stuff that you put out there. Um, you come up with like lists, you know, related to, being a mom or related to, um, living in France, uh, that are just super clever. And how do you decide what to share? Like some of these really great ideas that you share, you post out there. How do you decide what you should try and pitch and sell versus what you just share with the world? Yeah. I mean, I, I should say that most of the things I share on Instagram are just kind of personal things. So, uh, an encouraging word for artists. I think that, uh, the work that speaks most to people is personal work and not necessarily, you know, um, um, Oreo hot dog commissioned by Vogue, for example, to <laughs> just mention something I've done before. So I think obviously it's your point of view, it's your humor, it speaks a little bit more to yourself. So that's, I try to share as, I mean, as much as I have time to share as well. And I feel like when I was really getting started and developing my portfolio, I was only doing personal work too. So that's uh, something that I love to do. And I feel like if I have a little spark of inspiration, then I have to pursue it right away and uh, create something. So it's, Oftentimes it's just something that pops up into my head and I have to execute it as soon as I can. Otherwise it's kind of like a fleeting. Wow. uh, 
bird yeah. in, in the sky. That's a horrible example, but yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you ever read the book, Big Magic? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. that. That was very interesting to read because I felt like I was able to put some kind of a name to it. Yes, absolutely. Oh. And there is this thing of being struck with inspiration. And if you don't act on it, it, I love the concept of like, yes, it might leave you and then it goes and finds another body, another human to, to then express it. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's a little woo woo, but I, I have to say, I kind of love it. <laughs> no, it's woo woo, but creative people get it though. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So you, we were just talking about how people connect with other people's stories, right? So beyond the art, beyond the beauty or the whimsy or the fun, it's really the story behind art, the story behind, and in my case, why I chose to share so much of my personal story in my book. There, there's a pretty big memoir element of the book that I wasn't sure whether or not to share when I was first writing the book. And I eventually decided to share it because of what you said. It resonate people like other people's stories it, that will resonate with readers, hopefully. Right. So many of the, um, things that you have put out there that have, that I remember and has really impacted me on actually more of an emotional level have been the more personal things that you've put out into the world. And, um, you actually make yourself pretty vulnerable in some of those. Can you just talk about that and what it's, what that decision-making process is, is like to put yourself out there like that. It's not easy. You know, I started a blog in 2000. What year are we now? <laughs> I think in 2011, when I just kind of moved to France indefinitely and say, you know, entre guillemets in quotations. And I just started sharing just about my life because I felt like this is kind of amusing. I don't know if anyone will be interested, but that's kind of when I started sharing all that stuff. And sometimes I get a little bit queasy when I share something that's maybe too personal. But even my husband sometimes is like, no, I don't know about that. (laughs) But little by little, I just feel like that's how I found my voice as an artist. And I feel like I can share a little bit of who I am and, you know, things that I'm going through. And also once my work has gotten stronger and I feel like I have the capabilities to use it in another way, then I can use that to work through grief or work through struggle or try to find humor in something just to change the energy, you know, or just try to work through certain things yeah, and also share that with other people and, and, and uh, connect. So it's a balance. I mean, sometimes I erase things after I post them too, just because really? I don't feel like it's, and I, I have, you know, a small child and I don't really know how much I want to share about that. And, you know, being a mother too, it's just like, how much do you want people to recognize you as a mom versus, you know, it's kind of that whole thing too, is you don't want people to you hear things about artists not being taken seriously because they're mothers or whatever, but I don't know. It's just, I try to just deal with it when the time comes and share what I think will connect with other people and make some kind of an impact. Yeah. Like a total case by case basis. And it sounds like it's really led by your gut. Which yeah. I, I think intuition is everything. And that's definitely something that has led me still to this day, you know, when I'm making work, I feel like, okay, this is, this is it. Or I feel like, okay, that was, that was something yeah, can hard you, to explain, but can you give any examples of, of any of this stuff? Like if listeners who are like, 
Okay. What do, what do they mean by personal? I mean, just a couple things that come to your mind, um, where you have felt vulnerable or, um, or any, just anything to, to help people understand what we're talking about. Okay. Yes. Good point. Uh, I had a miscarriage maybe two or three years ago and it just hit me really hard. I, I think like a lot of women are excited and hopeful for this moment that you've been waiting for. And you never even think about it going badly, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, it was very, very sad and I didn't really know how to process it. And I felt like there, there was some stuff out there, but it was all a little bit kind of cheesy and not necessarily tactical. And so I started just really just pouring my heart onto the page. I did this huge like piece that was completely un- unedited. It was just kind of you know, emotional vomit on watercolor paper. (laughs) Watercolor paper. (laughs) And I tried to pitch it around and no one was interested, which was kind of a whole other kind of rage section. (laughs) And so I just kind of put it to rest. And I said, like, this will, I've done a good amount of work and maybe I'll find a way to frame it in a way that's less like full on emotional brutality and more uh, tactical. And so I think I let it sit to rest for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And then I thought, Oh, well, maybe I should turn this into some way to help people who have had miscarriages instead of just my experience, which you know is very personal, but may not be helpful. And so I was able to create a series of GIFs for someone, how to help people who have had a miscarriage. So these are all the things that I wish I had, you know, right. Cause I mean, people, yeah, people have good intentions when you tell them and you don't really want to tell people because you don't want to hear the bad responses either. Like, uh, Oh, well, you know, when you hold your baby in your arms one day, you'll feel better or, you know, Oh, well, it's better to have the no baby at all than a baby with, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just felt completely insensitive. And I just felt like, okay, I know this happens. I know it happened to my mom. I remember hearing about it when I was younger and just completely shocked and it's happened to so many friends of mine. So I'm just like, okay, this is a big leap. And it took me a while to publish it too, but once I did, I just got so many messages from people and a lot of uh, reshares. And so I felt like, okay, this is, has some value, you know, I think it's probably one of the most, um, you know, liked and shared things I've ever done. So. Wow. That's, that's amazing that you, that you're able to help people or help people process something through your art. I think that that's kind of the, the purpose of art. Right. Yeah. This thing, it was really, yeah, it was moving to say like, this is what I want people to feel. And I was able to do that. And that's very powerful to see that. And also you have to put yourself and share a little bit more than you normally would to get the impact. So it's not something I do all the time, but (laughs) it was just something that I felt the need to do. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm going to make a hard pivot to, uh, (laughs) to your use of, (laughs) to your use of color in your work. Um, because that was something that really made me think like, okay, I gotta see if I can work with Jesse for my book, because your work is so colorful in this really dynamic and, um, catchy way. And how do you like, how does color play a, play a role in your art? I just love color. I mean, I've, you know, The Wizard of Oz is my favorite movie. I think it's, I've always been into Technicolor movies and it's just, you know, if I'm walking around, I'm always studying color and light and those kinds of things. So that kind of just revealed itself uh, naturally, I'd say. And my husband's a color photographer. So I think we both kind of see color in the same way too, which is interesting. 
And I don't know, I just, I, watercolor in particular, I really love, and I love how dynamic it is. And there's also something about living in the moment, you know, you do some watercolors too, where it's just like, it's activated. I have to (laughs) execute this right away, you know? So there's something really exciting about that. And, uh, also, I mean, connected to food, I started drawing food as well. So I feel like there's kind of a real representation of the colors of food uh, as well. So that's something that I really appreciate in this medium in particular. Do you have a kind of food that uh, you particularly love to illustrate? Um, it's a good question. You know, I, I've illustrated quite a few cookbooks and I did one that was horrible. It was on, um, <laughs> pate and like terrine and all this. Oh, God, yeah. That's just not pretty. <laughs> yeah. And the editor didn't send me any research images. So it was just kind of like, all right, here we go again. <laughs> well, pate uh- with figs. <laughs> I'm just going to draw a duck now. <laughs> yeah. Take your best stab at it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, fruits and vegetables, I actually, a uh, little pitch, I have a calendar coming out this summer. I have a, one of the proofs on my wall. It's called the new victory garden, oh, 2022 gorgeous. Lord help us, uh, wall calendar. So it's, uh, all about victory gardens and kind of the resurgence of that. And people are into gardening again. So cool. it's, yeah, that's a stunner, I think. So when does it come out again? Uh, July of this year. July so of this for, year. Uh, yeah. That's right around yes. the corner, folks. Go yeah, check it true. out. Yes. <laughs> Pre-order that. Yeah, it's 2021. I know, honestly. Um, okay, so on the note of uh, that, this uh, terrine cookbook you did, how you had no research images, some people not might not really know what that means. Like, what is a research image? So um, as an example, let's, let's use uh, working together on... My book, she's wine and bread. Um, in terms of kind of your workflow, what you need to make your work, what you like to have to make your work, and kind of collaborating with people. From your point of view, how did you decide? I guess how did you decide you wanted to work with me, or that this would be a project that you wanted to work on? Well, I mean, for most of my work, I'm commissioned by art directors who have a very specific idea in mind of what they want. So they'll say like, oh, we're doing this article on, you know, classic women's fashion items. Uh, And so they'll they'll send me research images of, you know, things from the web or whatever. And then I send them sketches based on that. So I'd say the sketch process is kind of like what I was talking about before, like waiting for the, you know, the wave to hit you with inspiration. So that's kind of the fun part, actually, is thinking up ideas and kind of going back and forth and saying, and then the art director will say like, I like option A and can we add a little bit of, you know, this and that. So you like the collaborative aspect of, of what you do. Yeah, I do. And I I feel like being an an illustrator is kind of an isolating job. So it's nice to have a real collaboration with someone as well. So I think with you, what was exciting was, uh, it was food too, which, you know, I haven't done a ton of cookbooks, but I, I I love drawing food and I really wanted to try to find, um, some playful ways to kind of not just draw, you know, a zucchini on a table, (laughs) but really telling the story of, okay, so, so what, you know, that's kind of something I like to tell students too, is what does it say? What can we say about this? And how can we really add something to the story in a playful way. So I think I liked how specific you were, but also you kind of really wanted a collaboration. So that's what excited me about working together. 
So one of um, the, I love so many of the, all of the illustrations in the book, but one that comes to mind when you're talking about, I don't just want a zucchini on the table is um, an illustration you did for the section of the book where I'm in Sicily and I'm talking about um, some of my favorite Sicilian foods and ingredients, which is, you know, I talk about the, um, the eggplant, I talk about the pistachio gelato and the way that you that you illustrated those things is just so playful. It's like, it's the eggplant, but like half of it's sliced up and it it's like in the air as though it's, it's being sliced. How many drafts will you tend to do? Or do you, again, going back to being struck by inspiration, do you get the inspiration and it just comes out on the paper? And that's kind of like the first draft is, is close to the final draft. Yeah, I'd say it depends on the project, but for that one in particular, I really like the idea of kind of it being almost a surface pattern and then having a little bit of the process along the way as well. So uh, that's something that I, I kind of liked about working on this project with you too, is you were open to kind of me going a little bit crazy and it wasn't as dictated <laughs> as like, okay, we need a an eggplant on page 45 and need, because a lot of projects, I do a lot of commission work too, but it's going back to like side hustles. It's not like I just sit and paint all day. It's, you know, I, I do, this is what I do. I work for clients and I tell other people's stories. So I try to, you know, put as much of myself in as I can. And uh, sometimes inspiration hits right away. And sometimes it's, you know, I'm not working where things come into mind. So I might do a couple of sketches. And then oftentimes when I'm on the paper, I don't necessarily know exactly how something's going to look. I kind of know the feeling and I know the the gesture, but sometimes it just kind of happens uh, on the page too when the watercolor is activated and it just huh. kind of comes together that way as well. Mm. How much does your be, you've called yourself an ambitious home cook, which is, I, the, I see is just being like, you're a home cook and you love it, right? Like passionate is, uh, and you try new things and you like to explore. How much does that um, inform other things in your life? I, th I think, you know, once you learn about other artists, you realize, okay, Picasso wasn't just a painter. He was a sculptor. He was a cook. You know, I feel like if you're creative, it just runs throughout your whole life. It's not necessarily just one thing that you do, but it's just kind of a lifestyle. You know, it's the way you live. It's how you see things. I mean, one of the things I love most is just making salads just with, you know, I go to the market and I just kind of put together whatever I find in the fridge. So I'll never recreate it. I'll never share the recipe because it's not even a recipe. It's just <laughs> when people ask you for the measurements, it's like, no, it was a fleeting moment. It was just, <laughs> it was what it was, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously inspired by color and that's, you know, seen in my food as well and, you know, seasonality and all of those things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love food. I think that's kind of where I found some independence too. When I was a kid, just cooking and finding a creative outlet uh, as well. So it's just, you know, an extension of my creativity and maybe it is, you know, my, my main principal uh, activity too, but it's, it's just something that I love to do. It's, I don't think of it as a chore. Well, the, the dishes are a chore, but the dishes are a chore. Uh, <laughs> that's why we have partners, right? That's why I, know, right? I was, was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, who are your role models in life and or art and or maybe those two things overlap? It's oh, a good question. I mean, I have a few mentors from college I still kind of keep in touch with. 
there are certain, you know, careers of artists that I admire, uh, really close with my parents. They're always kind of a source of strength for me, I find. And, uh, you know, I have friends and uh, this and that. So it's it comes from all over. But yeah, being abroad, you know, you don't really have like the source of, you know, having family and grandmas and grandpas. So it's not always easy to feel like you can be with people who have known you forever. You know, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, I do. We didn't really talk specifically about Edible Paradise or Paris in Stride or New York in Stride. Uh, is there anything specifically that you want to shout out to some of the books that you have um, published, either co-authored or other books you've collaborated on um, that you want to throw people yeah. to? Uh, well, yeah, order my books in the show links down below. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll link to them all. Yeah, for sure. No, I'll just go through it quickly. But Edible Paradise was my first book. It's a coloring book of seasonal fruits and vegetables. So if you are, you know, stuck at home and you want to try to color and learn a little bit more about seasonal fruits and vegetables, it's a really fun book. And then in the Instride series is a walking guide. First, it was Paris, of course, because it's what I know the best at this point. And it's illustrated and it's perfect armchair travel too. So if you can't go back to Paris anytime soon, we don't really know when the borders will open up again. It'll transport you. And New York is the New York version of that as well. So cool. And you also have like postcards and all kind of fun stuff. Um, Yeah. I'm now teaching on Skillshare too. Yeah, that's right. How is that going? It's going well. Yeah. It's been a learning curve, learning video production, and yeah, yeah. Stuff, but sure. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been nice to learn something new. I'd say. That's awesome. Um, and how can people find you? Where should they go? Just search my name. I'm pretty easily found. Uh, Jesse Canellis Weiner on Instagram and all the channels all of the channels. And I can't let you go without asking you the question I ask every guest on, which is how do you keep it quirky? Well, yeah, as a, as a full-time quirky person, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> it's on your business card. No, yeah, I know. Well, not yet, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just having the courage to be yourself, you know, it's just letting your personal interests and your enthusiasm shine. So I have a very enthusiastic baby and I'm like, where does this come from? But maybe I have a certain enthusiasm that's just been <laughs> genetically, uh, yeah. <laughs> Blessed on him. So I don't know. It's just being yourself, just, you know, pursuing your interests and just, you know, finding the joy where you can find it. So I love that. I love that. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for talking with me today. It was thank you. such it was a really pleasure. Fun. And uh, I hope that yeah. we get to work together again soon in the future. Yes. And all the, all the best for the book. I think it's going to be a huge hit and I'm so proud and I'll do everything I can to make it a bigger hit. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Jesse, thank you so, so much. I mean, I have to tell you all that her definition of quirky, having the courage to be yourself, I mean, that 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 hits home, you know? Like, that's just incredible. You all definitely need to follow her on Instagram at Jesse Canellos Weiner. And check out her illustrated books. I am linking to them in the show notes. And of course, check out her newest work, Just Hit the Bookshelves Today. Hey, it happens to be my book. It's called Cheese, Wine, and Bread. It is available everywhere books are sold. So buy it from your local indie bookstore. Buy it from Amazon if you want. You know what? I don't even... Just get your hands on it, please. Because 
I am so proud of it. And I really think you're going to love it. Thank you to the musician who wrote this theme song, which is, yes, my brother, Brian Quinn. I come from a very talented family at BQ Funk on Instagram. And you all know where to find me on Instagram. I'm at QKatie. And you can follow the podcast at Keep It Quirky Podcast. Thank you to the Quirky Club, my incredible Patreon community. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for making this podcast, my YouTube channel possible. I appreciate your support so much. And I will see you all back here before too long. In the meantime, go buy my book. I love you all. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Keep it quirky. Bye.